Hey Vox listeners, this is Tyler Bay, one of your contributors. I'm here with Joquina Kalukongo, who is an Atlanta native and a Tri-Cities High School alum. She recently starred in Slave Play on Broadway. And in this interview, we talk about everything from COVID-19's effects on Broadway to um, how the murder of Ahmaud Arbery has affected us as artists. This was a Zoom interview, and I, I hope you guys enjoy it and understand all the technical difficulties. Thank you. For, oh, you might be able to hear my little brother in the background, so sorry about that. But Nope, I have my son and my nephew okay. in the background, so that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So first question. Now that we're all in quarantine, we're isolated, reflecting, and resting, what role do these things play for your acting? Um, I honestly feel like this is, we've been given a jewel, quite honestly, as actors. Um, I think we can live so far in this fast-paced life and sometimes you don't just get to slow down and feel where you are. And I think, especially during this time, there's just been so many different emotions that we've all kind of yes. gone through from panic to fear to like, just enjoy. I mean, there's just so much. Um, so I think more than anything, once we come out of this thing, I think everybody's well will be very deep. Yeah. <laughs> there's a deep emotional pull to pull from, you know. Um, but I think this is a great time for, for people, quite honestly, to get in tune with their spirits figure out what things you could work on to clear out your space so that you can, the next time this thing starts up again, you're not um, restricted with anything. Yeah. So as much as you can release whatever fears you can, tackle some things that you can do, you know, to yeah. free up your spirit so you can just be as free as possible when it opens back up. Mm, that's good. Do you believe that not being able to access those places, like for example, if you are dealing with something personal in your life, do you mm -hmm. think like that gets in the way of actors or are we able to move around those things and just do the job? Um, I think it probably depends on the person. Mm -hmm. um, I think if you're going through something seriously like grief or, you know what I mean? Like anything that is detrimental or that is problematic. I think you should probably heal from that mm -hmm. before you put yourself in situations. But sometimes art has a way of making, of forcing us, right? To deal yeah. with a lot of those emotions and feelings that we put on the back burner too. Yeah. Um, which is why I think so many people get involved in acting a lot of the yeah. time because we get to release those emotions. Mm -hmm. um, but I think if there's anything destructive or anything that's preventing you, um, from truly being your breath your best self then i think you should take this time and try to deal with it so it doesn't restrict you when you get on a set or you get on a stage and you're like i can't deal with that right now you know what i mean and you're out of the job yeah so yeah. that's good i've been thinking a lot about whether us as black actors in spaces where we're not um the key holders to these spaces. Do you believe you have to play the game to change the rules of it, as in, you know, society, government, theater, etc., or can you cause real change from absolute resistance if such a thing even exists? I think if we're going to use the game metaphor, I think you have to know the rules to the game. 
in order to resist anything, right? Yeah. Um, and so I think as much as you can, get all the information you can, learn all the techniques that you can so that you can flip it on its head and say, hey, I have a better way of doing this. That's good. This may have worked for y'all <laughs> in 1995, but in 2020, it doesn't work anymore. But I know these rules now and I am able to create my own technique, you know what I mean, or my mm -hmm. own way of performing. But I definitely think you have to know the rules. Mm. So as and then especially as black artists, do you feel that we have some uh, a certain responsibility to uh, understand the rules more than um, our white counterparts? Or in the end, is it kind of just are we in the same place? I mean, that's always the question, right? That you always have to be. Uh, 100% better, right? That, or at least that's what we've been taught. And I feel like what I wish for, for my people, quite honestly, is that we stop comparing ourselves to anybody else. You have to put yourself in your own, um, what are your own merits? What do you value? Give your, measure yourself based off of that to yeah. say, I'm a person that's going to give 100%. So that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to learn everything I need to learn so that I can be at my best self. And that's it. The minute we start thinking about other people, I feel like it's always the problem. Mm. You just have to figure out what you value and, and what percent of yourself are you willing to give and start from there. That's interesting. That's good. Do you think since we talked about um, you know, minorities not being able to necessarily have the ease of going into the game the same way, do you think since you know, white people hold the keys to Broadway in most artistic spaces. Is all art then by default palatable to most white audiences by the sheer fact that white people allow the art to be seen in the first place? Ooh, I don't. And I'll say, and I think it's because whether you're black or a person of color, I think you're going to write from your own personal experience, right? Yeah. And there's, um, and when you have people of color or black people in that audience that reflect your experience, the gems that they will receive from that is a hundred percent meant yeah. for them in a way that it will completely go over some other audiences. Memory, you know what I mean? Yeah. Some other people's head that are not of that orientation, you know what I mean? Or that yeah. race. And I just, I feel like, I, yeah, I don't think, I don't think that it's necessarily pal palatable for white people because I think that our own experiences make our experiences unique. Yeah. And when we write from those unique experiences, our people will get that, you know what I mean? Yeah. So do you mind relating that to slave play kind of and your experience with that? And, <laughs> and, um, because when I went to see the show, fantastic job again, by the way, amazing, mm -hmm. amazing production. Um, but when I went to see the show, I did notice that there were black people, but there were also like lots and lots of white people. And I'm just, I'm wondering what that means. I don't know if that's a bad thing, but I'm just wondering like, what, what's, what are the implications of that? What is that? Hmm. I mean, it's interesting. We had um, blackout nights where it was just literally mm -hmm. a, all black audience, yeah. and that those I think we had them. We had two performances where it was like that, and 
it was honestly, I think, especially for a lot of my um, fellow actors who were also Black, it was the one time where we literally felt, I guess, like transcendent, that thing where you don't have to be anything other than yourself. The yeah. minute you like raise an eyebrow or like roll your eye, the whole entire audience gets it. You shift your leg here. <laughs> just, you know what I mean? Yeah. And that type of experience is something that mostly um, our white counterparts get to experience all the time in a way that we don't of, of people immediately recognizing or coming from a shared experience and yeah. a shared culture. Um, and so that was quite honestly the most astounding night of theater I've ever had to be in that. And I haven't had one of those nights since, um, quite honestly, since Tri-Cities. <laughs> That's when I was performing for all black audiences. Um, so it was like being back home again and um, interesting. And then when you get mixed audiences, it, my my issue I think with that was that uh, the amount of freedom that the all black audience had in watching and, and laughing and crying and feeling like nobody was watching them. I wish they could have that experience every time they go yeah. to the theater, whether they're sitting by a person that's white or not mm -hmm. and I think those are the implications that come when you deal with topics about race because it is um it is something that we are all still struggling dealing with there's an intense amount of um hurt and trauma that we all haven't collectively healed from and uh it makes it hard sometimes to be in those spaces with with that specific topic and to not um and quite honestly, to not, I guess, close up yourself from that experience, right? Because no. you're looking at your counterpart being like, why are you laughing? This part ain't <laughs> funny, you know what I mean? Instead of actually just experiencing for yourself. So that was my only thing. And then, you know, white people hear what they want to hear. Some people it became about, it's about consent. It's about this, you know, people have come from their own experiences. So it was interesting. Yeah, there were a lot of um, a lot of responses to the thank you at the end, which was very yeah. interesting, and, yeah. and people took it so many different ways. So that's <laughs> exciting when art can, yeah. you know what I mean? Inspire and, and transform and all that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's really cool. So, on kind of on the same thread, not every script has the privilege of a black writer telling black stories and a black director behind it. When acting in slave play, how did this affect your performance? Oh gosh, <sighs> it was like I—I hmm. <laughs> I mean, it was like Christmas. You—you you knew coming in. <laughs> one, I knew coming in that I was never gonna. Um, I felt I always felt protected. I always felt that everybody had my best interests at heart. Nobody was gonna leave me out here to dry. <laughs> you know what I mean? Nobody was going to allow me to make myself look like a fool. I felt like my opinions were going to be heard. Um, I felt like there was a mutual respect and just like common sense knowledge that you don't have to necessarily get out. You yeah. know what I mean? With your choices and, and all of that kind of stuff. So it was freeing, quite honestly, and beautiful to see. Yeah. Um, just, just people in power um, and telling the story. And it's rare. It's it's rare a lot of the yeah. times where black people get to <laughs> direct black stories, which is really funny. Um, but uh, yeah, it was just the most freeing, loving experience. You know what I mean? It was like uncles and aunties in here mm -hmm. and cousins and everybody just coming to do the work. That's so good. So kind of taking that, 
what is your personal stance on um, white actors writing black characters or black stories or white directors telling stories that they don't have the experience to be able to to tell you know mm. I think if you if you are given the opportunity to tell a story that you don't know anything about, then I think it is your responsibility to surround yourself with people that know as much about that space as you do, to allow your company to teach and tell you things and give their opinions um, about an experience that you know nothing about as well. And I think there just has to be um, a level of humility and um, and grace given in a space like that. But when you come from a place of this is the story I want to tell and you're not open and you're, um, um, and you're closed off, then I think that's when it can be really problematic yeah. for people. Um, but I think you, you have to do the work. You got to surround yourself with people that know that experience because what are you coming from? You know yeah. what I mean? Otherwise, it's going to be one dimensional. You're going to take from it the things you, you can only see, you know what I mean? And, and, yeah. and not get the full story. So, yeah. yeah. For me, it's so, I'm always conflicted about this um, <laughs> because, mm -hmm. because I, I do think that you, like they would have to do their research and be surrounded by people that know what they're talking about. And um, I think that if you're gonna do it, that's how you have to do it. But then in my mind, it's like, but your name is still, on the credit like you still get the like you still get paid for telling this when you had more help than you than any director should need so <laughs> like, why are you it's, it's so conflicting it is right so um i'm going to shift gears a little bit more into things in the news and um what we've been kind of talking about online recently. So how do current events like the murder of Ahmaud Arbery affect you as an actress? Oh Lord. Um, it affected me in so many ways as a mother, as a black woman, as an auntie, um, <laughs> you know what I mean? As a human being, like it affected me on so many different levels. Uh, cause I have a son. Um, and I just, I literally, there are moments like this where I had to take a break, right? Cause I had to protect my spirit. Cause I, and I realized like I was hurting the fact that we are in 2020 and something, um, so reckless and horrible could happen in this time in broad daylight uh <laughs> just astonishing but not really when our president is trump so i literally just had to take a break um and say okay then once you get out of your feelings i guess as a human being then you go to the artistic route this is what we do as artists how can you you uh, uh put this thing into your work what can you do now? How do you get this out in an artistic way so that it's not holding you? And I started writing 
quite mm -hmm. honestly. I started writing, creating shows and, and figuring out different ways in, in how I want um, and how I want our people to be seen, what stories are being told. Um, and I thought about it in that way, but quite honestly, it broke my heart. I couldn't watch the video. I don't like watching um, traumatic videos of our people being murdered. I just think it's, it's, it's just horrific and I don't want to see it everywhere for you know his parents and people to keep reliving that and then we become desensitized right to violence i i didn't want that to happen so uh yeah it's horrible <laughs> it's horrible sometimes it's debilitating and you you take that you take however much time you need and then you figure out a way to channel it because mm -hmm. i think that's what we have to do as artists the artists are always a reflection of the time and if you're not um doing something about that when that happens if it doesn't make you do something then i don't think you can call yourself an artist right you yeah. gotta you gotta, you gotta do yeah. something so as since you're a mother um what you feel is and this is so tricky do you feel it your responsibility to expose um your children to the realities or or what's, what's the balance between exposing them to reality and, and sheltering to protect their spirit? Saying my son's three, so I'm yeah. very much <laughs> a new mother, a work in progress, trying to figure it out daily. Mm. But the things that I know um, that I hold on to are just making sure my son knows who he is, where he comes from, the proud lineage of people that uh, he comes from. Uh, we have a family tree in the house with That's all of his good. ancestors from my side and his father's side, just so you know that. Um, I show him, I have literally all of my books about African queens and kings, <laughs> like all around, you know what I mean? I just, yeah. I wanna instill in him a confidence and, um, uh, a confidence about who he is and to never feel inferior to anyone. And I think we, at the end of the day, we can't protect our kids from the world. We think we can, but ultimately they all have to grow up and go outside, right? And so I think in the best ways we can just still instill in them confidence, values, morals, um, love on them as much as we can, show them as many positive images as we can, but also be, and have real truthful conversations about how when you turn nine you will no longer be seen as a child in this world you know what i mean like that's a real conversation that i'm gonna have his father's gonna have to have a conversation about when you're driving if you get pulled over by a police officer what are those steps because i don't know necessarily that because i'm a mother you know what i mean there's certain experiences that i can't tell him because he's going to be a black man mm -hmm. that his father's going to have to teach him too um so it's it's rough <laughs> It's quite honestly rough, but um, yeah, it's a it's a daily a daily thing. But I think we just gotta love on our kids, right? Yeah. Show them positive images. Make sure that they know that they can go out there and do anything. Truly, it, we can. We are truly unstoppable. And the minute we realize that we don't have any limits, it just soars. So I hope that happens. <laughs> hope he gets that. I bet you're a wonderful mother. Oh, thank you. I'm going to try. <laughs> um, so kind of similar thread about the news. What does Broadway look like post-COVID-19? 
I feel like your guess is as good as any because <laughs> nobody knows, right? Mm -hmm. we, we don't even know what the world's going to look like. Um, I All I know is that the, specifically Broadway and theater, it's all very intimate. We're all supposed to be in that space to feel energies and spirits and to, to be in that space. So the idea that it could possibly be... Um, any kind of like social distancing in theater just seems so not <laughs> theater anymore. And so I honestly don't know. I hope that we do get a vaccine. I hope that we can find some sense of normalcy um, or whatever this new thing is that, that more people will be able to, to gather in spaces safely um, so that we can tell these stories um, in this specific way. Cause I think that's the beauty of theater is sitting right next to someone, you know what I mean? And, and mm. having that shared experience, but I honestly don't know. Mm. <laughs> I don't think anybody knows. Yeah. It's a, it's a weird, it's a weird time. Yeah. Cause it's not like you can do a zoom Broadway, you know mm. what I mean? Or like, that's just not going to work. You mm. can't stream live shows. It's just not going to work. Yeah. And I've seen some, some attempts and it's, it's hard. It's hard. Yeah. It's weird. It's weird. <laughs> so this is actually my, my last question. What is your biggest hope about the future of Broadway? Oof. You know what? I think my biggest hope is that we get more diverse stories um, told on Broadway stages, um, that I, more people of color um, are given the opportunity to direct and um, do lighting design and costume design and act. You know what I mean? I, I hope um, that we get out of this I don't know, Disney movie musical version. I hope that they're just people. I, I just want people to be more creative about the stories that are being told and have enough nerve to back the people that have the um, audacity to tell these amazing stories. I hope that there is funding for these people and their creativity. And I hope that more. Yeah. Frankly, I am tired. Yeah. <laughs> I think Broadway needs to get it together. They need to take more risks. They need to, you know what I mean? Yeah. I think there's excitement in that. Um, and so, yeah. Thank you, Joquina, and thank you for listening. For more teen-created content, please visit voxatl.org. Stay safe.